Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Confessions of a Personal Trainer. I'm actually recording this two days after the first episode because I was just too excited, couldn't wait another week, so I thought, let's get the second one recorded. Today I'm going to talk about all things personal training. So, last episode... I mentioned that I'd moved moved to a new gym recently and I'm now only doing a small group personal training model. So I don't do any one-to-one training anymore and I'm just doing the new method of training. So this episode is dedicated to small group fitness, the benefits of it, the reasons why I'm now doing a small group model and not one-to-one and the power of group fitness. So if you've listened to a previous episode, which I think was last Christmas, it's the episode I did with Dan Lambert, you will know that he had changed his clients from a one-to-one to to a small group model instead. And earlier in the year, so this would have been last year, so 2021, he reached full capacity because the small group PT model was so popular and he couldn't take on any new clients. So he asked me to come on board to take on a couple of groups each week which I was really excited about. So I was very grateful to be asked to work with him. So of course I said yes, although I had just managed to get Thursdays off. So did have to sacrifice a day off, which was a little inconvenient, but no, I mean, it was a really, really good opportunity and I was really excited about it. Something new, I like doing new things, new challenges. So I thought, yeah, why not? We'll go for it. So after a few weeks of the new setup, I'd kept my one-to-one clients separate. And then two days a week, I did some PT sessions for Dan, which were mostly his clients at this stage. So it was his clients would book on to do a session with me and I would do two nights a week covering for the small group PT models for his clients. After a few weeks of doing this, it was going really well and we decided to merge. So both of our client bases became one. So it was one team, one big client base, and we brought everybody together, which meant I had to stop doing one-to-one and move everyone onto a small group model. So we set up some Zoom calls with my clients. We started the merge process and transitioned everyone to small group PT, which of course was a bit of a shock at first. People have been with me for years who have only done one-to-one. So it was a big change to then say to people, by the way, you're going to be in a small group because that's, that's scary. And sometimes or quite a lot of the time we will avoid things that are scary put them off so we don't have to do them and we don't want to face scary things and that's kind of the purpose of this episode today is to talk about the fear and how we get past that fear but anyway so big decision I had to make was shall I commit to doing small group PT but after having seen how successful Dan's small group business model was I thought this is going to be really good. This is, it's only beneficial. There wasn't really any negatives to it. It was only, for me, it was thinking, what will my clients think? But people don't like change. And I know that, but people soon adapt to change. So as long as you can be supportive of people, explain the whole process. We made sure that communication was really good between everyone. Everyone knew what was happening and just made people feel at ease. So it was a big decision because for five years now, almost five years, I've helped people ease into the gym. And quite often, a lot of people who come to me for personal training were people who were afraid of being in a public gym with other people or 
afraid of going to the gym by themselves. So the one-to-one element was important. It was it was safe and it was useful for beginners. But this is what I thought. So I have told myself, yeah, people like this one-to-one element because it is useful for beginners. But since doing a small group PT model, I've realized that I have possibly held people back by doing one-to-one training. And it's not intentional. So of course, I would never want to hold anyone back. But since doing a small group personal training model, I have seen my clients go from strength to strength each week. I think it's because it's the power of other people. So of course, the role of a coach is to believe in your client and to push them to do things that they think they aren't capable of or to show them what they are capable of. And that's something that I would try to do with every single person that I coach. However, you do have to know your limits. So I can't force people to do things. So for example, if it is a box jump and I'm trying to show someone how to do a box jump or try and get them to do it and they're saying, no, no, can't do it. There's only so many times I can say, come on, have a go. If they are adamant that they're not doing it and they say, no, I'm, I'm done, I'm absolutely not trying. I can only say, okay, well, we, we gave it a go. We had an attempt, we'll try again next time. What I've learned from being in a small group environment is that people won't let each other off the hook that easily. So let's say if there's four people in a group and one of them have had to do a box jump or one of, not that they've had to do it or that they, they successfully did it, they won't let the other person get away without doing it. They know they can do it and they will say, come on, if I did it, you can do it. That then encourages the next person to give it a go. So whereas I might have been more likely to say, okay, we give it a go, let's try it again next week. In a small group environment, the other member, the other client is more likely to say, no, go on, give it a go. And then they do. And it's it's seriously impressive. And it's not like a peer pressure thing. I mean, maybe it is a little bit, but it's, I think it's like a confidence thing. It's a cheerleading thing. And it's, it's something that gets brought out of people when they're with other people. It's really impressive. I wouldn't even say it's because people are that competitive. So people are competitive. They definitely have a competitive element in them. I think everybody does. Even people who say, no, I'm not competitive. They do have a competitive side and it tends to come out in fitness. So that's quite interesting. But what I think happens is that being with other people reduces the amount of thinking time that might have occurred during a one-to-one session. So if you've read Mal Robbins' book, The Five Second Rule, this is gonna make sense, but she talks about how if we're making a decision, we need to be quick and we need to take action right now, otherwise the motivation goes and then we are less likely to take action. So she suggests that you can't control how you feel, but you can control how you act. And she'll explain that in the five seconds, you have got this, you've got an instinct to act on a goal. So you must physically move and take action within five seconds or your brain will kill this motivation. It will kill this, this instinct. So you can apply this concept to anything, but let's apply it to fitness. And we're going to use box jumps as an example. Box jumps is just such a good one to use. So first of all, some people have no problem with a box jump. Some people might give it a go and stumble or get inside the head and then struggle to do a jump. And others might not even attempt it because they assume they can't do it. Everyone is in a different place with box jumps. Everyone's at a different fitness level in general. Uh, so it is normal to be working at different paces and it's, it's what we expect as coaches. But box jumps are scary to a lot of people in a gym, me included. I still have this kind of the wobble every time I approach a box. I'm like, hmm, 
don't know if I can do this and I have to have a few little practices before I can do an actual box jump. And quite often I will see people overthink a box jump until they literally cannot move their feet from the floor or they'll throw their arms back to get momentum and then their knees drop to the box. And then the more you overthink it, the less likely a box jump is going to happen. So in a one-to-one situation, if it's just me and a client and the box, there's a little bit more silence, there's more waiting, there's more attention, and that is going to cause more overthinking. In a group situation, when there's three or four people in a session, let's say, and one person is straight onto the box, doing box jumps, smashing them out, no problem, person two, three, and four are more likely to give the box jump a go because someone else has had a go. They don't really have the time to question whether or not they should give it a go. They just move, they do it. So even if they don't get the jump, they've attempted it, which means they're more likely to try again in the future. So even if their jump wasn't successful, they've given it a go, so then maybe next time it doesn't seem as scary, they're more likely and more willing to take action again. So the moral of the story is less thinking and more doing. Okay, I want to explain a little bit more about the concept of small group personal training, how it works, the benefits of it and why I'm doing it. Because I think often it is looked at as just a a class maybe or like a fitness class with loads of people there doing their own thing and not really getting any attention and it's not like that at all. So I just want to explain in a little bit more detail. So I mentioned that in May I've switched to doing only small group personal training and Dan and I are now based in a gym together operating through this style of training so only in a small group model. Now I've only been doing this for three months so May, June, July but I would not go back to -to one-to-one training now and I did one-to-one training for four years and I thought "Mm, I don't think I would like to to do a small group model and now after doing it for three months I couldn't see myself doing one-to-ones it's really it's really weird but first of all okay it's not a class so we cap our sessions at four people and this is so that we can ensure that we still give enough individual attention to each person we also get to know our members personally so we know their strengths we know their weaknesses we know how to get the best out of them it's almost like fitness psychology so we learn what what it is that that person needs to get the most from their session and it's actually really cool to see people changing and improving and the more you get to know somebody the more you know how to get the best out of them the more they keep improving Every single member is different and there is always a variety of goals, a range of different fitness levels, different mindsets, different abilities, but they all have something in common and that is their reason for starting personal training. So everybody's in the same boat. They want to improve in some way and whether that is to lose weight or to gain weight, to increase fitness or to increase strength, maybe they want to do a pull-up or maybe they want to be able to run around with their kids. Everybody has their own reason for being there, but the fitness brings people together and it's really empowering to be a part of that. In terms of how the sessions work, we have a weekly schedule so people can choose when it is they would like to come in and it depends, each day would be different so we would have a day for squats, for deadlifts, an upper body day, an Olympic lifting day, a fitness day so you can specifically choose the sessions you want to attend which is quite good for if if people can motivate themselves to go to the gym and do deadlifts but they can't motivate themselves to go to the gym and do fitness, they could choose to book onto a fitness session. Or if someone wanted to learn how to squat, they could book onto the squat session. So it's very flexible and it gives people 
a bit of power and a bit of flexibility in terms of managing their own fitness journey. So it's quite an effective way to train. And it's a good way to see results because you've got a structured program. So if you know there's a deadlift session each week and you wanted to improve your deadlift personal best or improve your form on a deadlift, if you were attending the deadlift session each week and you're consistent with it, you're in a routine with deadlifts, you are more likely to see results. So we do see people booking onto the same session type each week. So although it's a deadlift day, the session would be different each week, but it involves a deadlift in some way and then some fitness. So the session itself, we would usually start with mobility because let's face it, most of us don't move enough throughout the day. They spend a lot of time sitting at their desks. So we like to start with a little bit of mobility, which is gonna help strengthen all of the lifts in general. Then we go through some technique. So if it was the deadlift day, we would go through the basics of a deadlift, do a demonstration, and then we would start on the strength part. So let's say it would be four sets of five deadlifts. Clients can then work through at their own pace, with their own bar, in their own area. So it's not that everyone is watching each other. Everyone has their own zone and we are there to step in. We can support and tweak where needed. And then we'll do some fitness at the end to finish off the session. Every session is different as well. So it's different for everybody in that session. It depends what people want to get out of it, I suppose. Essentially, it's, it's like having a, an individual personal training session, but you've just got other people in the room with you. There might be some sessions that some people need more individual attention while we let other people carry on. And some people are happy to be told what to do and get on with it while having a, a gentle nudge throughout the session maybe. Other people might need more reassurance, more encouragement. And again, this is something that we learn as we get to know people. But what I absolutely know for sure is that whether it is session one for you or session 51, everyone is supported by the other members. And this is probably my favourite thing about the small group personal training element is the way that people big each other up and they become cheerleaders. It's honestly, it's incredible. There are some people who I have seen achieve so much more than they thought they could and that is since training with other people. We've had friendships form, we do group activities together outside of the gym. In fact, the National Fitness Games that I mentioned in the last episode, there's a few of us doing that in September. And for some people, that is something that they never thought that they would do. So it's really inspiring seeing them reach these goals. And that is just another reason why I definitely have the best job in the world. So if there's something that I've learned from switching to a small group PT model myself and encouraging other people to do that, would be that change change is always new and it's always going to come with uncertainty and it's always scary. And I was scared to do it at first because I was thinking... As a coach, how can I ensure that three or four people get the best out of their session when I'm used to managing people on a one-on-one basis? And I was thinking, what if my clients don't like it? What if I lose clients that I've worked with for years? What if Dan's members don't think I'm good enough? I think I went through every single thought possible, but then I realised that that was the fear talking. So I'd got this assumption inside of me and you know what it's like when you let your brain think and you don't really process these thoughts or question the thoughts, you just get carried away with all these thoughts inside your head. And there was no proof of any of these statements. There was absolutely no evidence of them being true or there was no proof. It was just it was just fear. And by now, I have realised that the more I just go for things and I just give it a go, I try it, the less scared I feel. So I would say the biggest thing that I've learned would be that through the little acts of courage, you are going to be less afraid over time. 
and the right time to do something is never going to be there. You just have to start right now. You have to go for it. You have to take action. And whatever the goal is, it is always going to be scary. So whether you start today or next year, starting is scary. But if you take action today, taking that action is going to make it seem less scary. By taking that action, you've got the smallest amount of courage. And even if you build that tiny amount of courage, that's going to create more courage, which is going to lead to take more action. And that's going to keep looping around. And with a group of supportive and encouraging people by your side, everything seems more manageable. So even if things are scary, you've got little cheerleaders in the small group that won't let you get away without trying something new. They won't let you speak negatively about yourself. They won't let you put yourself down. They are just there to keep bigging you up and it is amazing. Do you know what? I actually think it's benefited me in so many ways as well. So I feel the fittest that I've felt in a long time. And I think that's because I'm always inspired by everyone else. So I see how hard everyone else works and that inspires me to push myself to do the best that I can do. Also, we do plan quite hard sessions. So I I try the sessions out. So my training has gone up a notch lately. Um, But no, I definitely think it's the pushing myself more because everyone else pushes themselves and they push me as well, which is really nice. So it's such a motivating environment. So it is, it is really good. Plus, the power of other people has helped me build courage. So I'm more likely to give things a go as well. And this is something I've mentioned before on Instagram is that sometimes I have to push myself out of my comfort zone because I'm expecting other people to. It isn't a case of that I'm not scared of something. For, so for a box jump, for example, or we've had the, there was a big wall that we had to jump over in the gym and I looked at it and I was like, there is no way I'm getting over that wall. But then if I've got to demonstrate something to a client, I need to know how to do it. I need to be able to show someone how to do it. So rather than me approaching something and saying, nope, I can't do that. I almost have to just take action without even thinking about it. I can't let that, that fear or that voice stop me. I have to just take action and do it. And that is the best way to get something done. So, and and even recording this episode, sometimes I sit in front of the camera or a microphone and I could sit and think, what am I going to say? How do I start this? Sometimes I have to just say, three, two, one, press play, and then we go for it. And it is the best way to take action. You just have to go for it. You have to throw yourself in. No one else is going to do it for you. You have to push yourself and other people are there for support and accountability when you need it. But ultimately, the decision comes from you. So I've had this idea that I would like to get as many clients as possible on one of my future episodes. So if you're one of our clients that are listening to this and you are happy for me to interview you, then let me know because I would love to do a little interview, a few questions about the experience to hear it from a client's point of view because it's interesting to hear it from a coach point of view but I think it's it would be really insightful to hear it from the client perspective. So if you're a client, let me know if you're interested, if you'd like to be interviewed. If you're not a client, but you'd like to become a client, let me know. So if you want to come in for a session, we can arrange that. I think it would be the best decision that you've ever made, but of course I'm biased. But I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it's been helpful to hear how the power of people can help fitness. And I hope it's explained a little bit more about what small group personal training is. So as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please send it to your friends or tag me on Instagram. It's at underscore Chloe Longstaff. And if you want to check out our personal training page, it's pod personal training on Instagram. 
and you'll find more fitness content on there, more of our client results, more motivation tips, workouts on there as well. It's just quite a good way to see what it is that we do and how things work at Pod Personal Training. It's really fun. Thank you for listening. And I'm excited to bring the next episode and future episodes.